the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me is co-host, Dean. What's up, Dean? Hey, Tim. What's up? Hey, Dean. How are you doing? Uh, Fantastic. Freaking fantastic today. (laughs) Excellent. Wow. Freaking. Freaking fantastic. Wow. Great. Hey, let's get this week started off with a bang, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. Monday morning. Yeah. Everyone knows we, we we get a bright and early Monday morning. We record it. Yep. Then I edit it. Then I upload it. Just so everyone can listen to it on the way to work Monday morning. That's for you. Tim does all that for you. Right. None of that's true. Mm. Nobody nobody believes me. No. We record on a different day. I, I need a bit of lead up to uh, edit uh, edit everything and um, turn it into the fine piece of audio that the listeners right. uh, get to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining. Uh, yeah. Special shout out to all of the listeners who have been with us since the beginning. That's a long time. <laughs> that is a long time. Do we you think there's listeners you. that have listened to every episode? Yep. There are. That, absolutely. That's amazing. And I appreciate the shit out of them. I appreciate the shit out of them. I hope they have yeah. a freaking fantastic day, too. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. All you longtime listeners have a great fucking day <laughs> and week. Yeah. Just I hope it's the best. And life, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The best of success to you in life and uh, wishing you the utmost happiness. And hey, new listeners, thank you for tuning in. We hope you find something here that you enjoy. And maybe in three years, we'll be shouting out the people who have been with us half the time. Exactly. Yeah. Praising you at that moment. So who knows? Okay. Dean's giving me the look like, uh, let's keep this rolling here, Tim. Let's do it. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. This week. Oh, man. Everybody is in for a treat this week. Holy moly. We're covering Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. From 2021, Dean, this book came to my attention recently when James Gunn released his plan for the DC Cinematic Universe because he announced a new Supergirl movie that will take cues from this book. Exciting. Yeah, so I thought, well, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And I wanted to give that a read. And it was definitely a page turner. It my, was. Oh my. It was great. It was fantastic. Um. I was so excited. I was so excited because I am out of the out of the comics loop now. Used to be well into it, way into it, deep into it. Um, I would be recommending you all the new stuff that was coming out. But uh, I'm out. I'm out of the game right now. And you, it's back to old times. It's you recommending me a book that I had never heard of that fucking blew me away. So I really enjoyed it. It was a throwback for me. Um, loved, loved getting into this book. Yeah, fun. Me too. Uh, luckily, it turned out to be really good, which is always nice. Uh, yeah, always always good, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if anybody is interested in reading this, Dean and I both 100% recommend that you do. Yeah. So you know the deal. Turn this episode off because we're going to go through the main beats of the story. We're going to spoil everything for you. That's just what we do. 
if you're not interested in reading it, then settle in because I think this will be an, uh, a really fun like hour. Probably this one's probably going to be an hour twenty, is my guess, right around there. It's a good call, Tim. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a longer book. It's uh it's a weird number of issues. It's eight, which is it's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When Tom King signed on, he's like, "Cool, another twelve issue book." And I think the people producing it said, "We don't think Supergirl can go for twelve issues. We don't think okay. the readers will stick with it that long. So let's go with eight. So it's an eight issue arc. A very neat and tidy book." Mm, very yeah it was very yummy it's good i i like the eight but that's kind of funny that like they give him vision and mr miracle and he can go 12 on those but you can't go 12 on supergirl come on i mean this easily could have been 12 yeah yeah it's good it's no it's problem. nice and tight it's a good length but uh i did not i knew it was long and i was kind of surprised that i was at the last issue when i got there i thought there was going to be a little bit more just cuz i'm used to his books going 12 so i didn't really yeah. look at the issues i kind of had them counting in my head i didn't look how many there were and i was like oh i'm at the end this is it well i don't think i've read an 8 yeah. before i don't think so either it's either it's either 6 or 12 is kind yeah. of like the 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 staple in the comic industry yeah deadly class likes to drop 5 now i appreciate yeah. that too those are tight stories uh, here's a synopsis of this book for everybody. An alien girl seeks the help of Supergirl for a vicious mission. Her world has been destroyed and the bad guys responsible are still out there. She wants revenge. And if Supergirl doesn't help her, she'll do it herself, whatever the cost. So, uh, mediocre synopsis, I'd say. Yeah, it doesn't really give you much, um... I can give you the feel of the book. Um, it's fantasy, it's sci-fi, and it's a Western. It's all three of those things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, this this book, it's basically the same idea as the movie True Grit. Exactly, yeah. Very close to that. Yeah. And I did read there was another movie that this was based on, and it was something back from the 60s. I can't remember the name of the movie. It was a, um, a Cary Grant movie, I think. Okay. And it was about him and this woman sort of falling in love on this really long bus or train ride. Uh, and oh, they just kind yeah. of like got to know each other. Do you know I, what that I've, is? I've seen it. Yeah, it's great. Um, It's called uh, It Happened One Night. Okay. There you go. So yeah. it was also, it was actually directly based on that as well. Okay. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because it's, like it's like a road trip movie, basically. It um, is. It's so, a, yeah, yeah, so this the comic's like a road, trip, road trip comic, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we're getting into it early here, but obviously there's a lot of influence that went into this book. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing to call out, too, because, you know, people, maybe they like comics and they maybe they want to make their own comics or they want to make their own stories, and then they read something really, really great, and they think, I can't make anything like that. I'm I'm discouraged this isn't for me. I'm going to quit. But you look at the top guys are taking all sorts of cues from other stories, right? They're not they're not just coming oh, up yeah. with this like brilliant idea themselves. They're, they're leaning into all sorts of other material out there. So if you're an artist of any type, don't be afraid to like, you know, take cues from other things. Don't rip anything off, but don't be afraid to like lean into something and use it in your own work. I think that's yeah. an important thing to call out to. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, Tim, it happened one night. It doesn't have Cary Grant. It has Clark Gable. Is that right? Or did I get the wrong movie? No, that's, that's, okay. 
probably probably right. See, okay, okay. I, I didn't I didn't quite remember his name. Yeah. I almost said Hugh Grant. And okay, then I'm like, yeah, oh, it wasn't no, him. that's not that's not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's a Grant from the sixties? Oh, Cary yeah. Grant. Cary no, so, yeah, that, Gable. Cary Grant yeah. is from the sixties. This movie's from the thirties, I think. Yeah, I think um, it was with older, Clark yeah. Gable. Okay. But yeah. you, just that synopsis that you said is is what happens in it happened one night. Yeah. All right. Released in 2021, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is an eight-issue miniseries that was nominated for Best Limited Series at the 2022 Eisner Awards. Good job. Not surprised. Not surprised. I'm, I guess I'm kind of surprised it didn't win, but maybe not. I don't know what it was against. Now, written by Tom King, he has written on Batman, Nightwing, Teen Titans, Justice League, Swamp Thing, Mr. Miracle, and The Vision, and many others. Please, I can't state this enough, Dean. I know you're with me. If anyone out there has not read The Vision, go and do that. It is a truly beautiful story. We reviewed it back on episode 94 for anyone who's interested in just listening to us talk about it. But uh, Dean, I know you're a big Tom King fan, right? I'm a huge fan. After this book, I might even be able to say he's my favorite writer. Just I hadn't read enough of him to even say that. But like reading this book, I'm like, this is not even really what I expected out of his writing. It's kind of a little bit different. And so, you know, it just it still drew me in. It still absolutely, you know, you know, brought me on the journey. So, I mean, he's up there. I don't know if I can call him the favorite. I may, maybe could like I the name could come out of my mouth if you said who's your favorite. But uh, yeah, he's I, I absolutely love him. So what is it about his writing that you like? Because he definitely has a style. He's got a style, yeah. It can be difficult to pinpoint exactly what's going on in that style. Yeah. And I think this book actually took a bit of a turn from his normal style. For sure. I really really liked it. But what is it about Tom King that you like? So what I like about... I I always sort of like his, um, his focus on like the, the pain of the characters and sort of the how you know, things that they go through would actually affect them instead of it just being like, it was a bad thing then, but it's not now, like how they would carry that through. Um, And usually it affects them in sort of a negative way. What I liked about this book is it affected, you know, Supergirl's got all this pain in her life and he really focused on that, but it kind of affected her in a positive way. You know, she's, she's still like a, you know, she, she doesn't go through as much lows as his characters usually do. Um, you know, at one point she kind of, you know, gets there, but you know, it, it's a more, it's more positive in, in, a, in a way. And I, I just like that versatility that he can use the pain, not just for the same thing that he always does, but he can kind of use it kind of differently. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, he, he gets me. Like I, I just, I just love his writing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like King. Uh, I think he's very capable of taking you on beautiful adventures yeah. Um I I do like some of his stuff more than others. I uh, really really liked Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Uh, obviously The Vision is one of the best books I've read. I wasn't too fond of his Batman stuff, which kind of surprised me. Um It was very different. This, yeah, it was very different. This yeah. this was very interesting because before I read this book, I'm thinking to myself about Tom King as a writer and I I put him up against my favorite writer Rick Remender. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is it about Remender that I like so much that Tom King doesn't have? And I boiled it down to moments in the book where I read something that has been written by Rick Remender, and I have to put the iPad down. 
because I have to I have to like take a moment and I have to reflect on what he just said because it's so poetic or so beautiful or so intelligent. And I didn't get a lot of that out of Tom King until this book. I get this that. book yeah. had that in it. It had those moments, those like beautifully written moments where I just had to take pause. Uh, so that that's one of the reasons I like this book so much is I think I don't want to say he like upped his writing because he's always been a great writer, but his writing in this book is more of what I was looking for out of him. Yeah, I think that's how he adapted it to this character. You know, I think that kind of plays into what I was saying, too, that like those moments really work for this type of character. Um because I felt that too. That that was the stuff that was kind of sticking out to me as well is those sort of yeah, those moments when I was like, "Wow, that was just a great page I just read. That was awesome." Yeah. Now, art by Bill Key Evely. Have you ever heard of her before? No, but she's incredible. My goodness. There are huge things in the future of this artist. She's phenomenal. Fucking amazing. So good. This book looks so good. She's worked on Wonder Woman and Sandman. And I mean, this is just up there with some of the best comic book art I've ever seen. Yep. And a style that I really, really like. It has a very retro 70s feel to it um you can obviously tell she's been influenced by mobius uh with what she's doing here yeah i loved her level of detail which was extremely high her backgrounds and settings were just off the hook yeah uh her her perspective work is perfect the way that she's scaling objects in the foreground middle ground and background was so dead on that it just made Every like page that she she drew, it just felt it felt like I was there because everything everything was scaled so perfectly. Like yeah. you you could really you could find yourself like taking a journey down this long path to like a castle in the distance. You could you could feel yourself going there because everything looked so perfect. Yeah, um, Tim. I can't wait to see more from her. I can't wait. I, I love having you on the comic book episodes because you get to say everything that I'm thinking about the art because you are an artist. So you know what stands out. Like you ask me and I'm like, yeah, it looks fucking good. It's great. Yeah. But I don't know why. <laughs> I just know yeah. it looks great. I know my it's pleasing to my eye. And then you say all the things where I'm like, yes, that's why. That's why I love it. That's why it looks great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Colors by Matthias Lopez. Wow. Also incredible. Wow. Um, again, the coloring in this book is as beautiful as you will find in a comic book. Yep. It is a festival of color. Yep. And such switching uh, switching tones of like, like able to like kind of switch the feel of the comic. We've talked about like music being able to switch the feel of a movie. This, this These colors were able to switch the feel of the comic. Absolutely. Um, I, I do want to get a little nerdy here. And by a little, I mean ultra. Hell yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about color theory for a second. So yes. this will be this is this is great that you just mentioned that because now you're probably wondering why you like the colors so much. Now I'm going to explain to you why you did like the colors so much. Excellent. But I, ha- I have to get nerdy with this one. So in 1666, Isaac Newton, the guy who invented calculus and many other things, invented the color wheel. Now, the color wheel is basically the color spectrum mapped onto a circle. I'm sure everybody has seen one. The color wheel 
is what color theory is based on. Now, color theory explains how humans perceive color and the visual effect of how colors mix, match, or contrast with each other. Now, one very basic color theory is that there are warm colors like oranges and reds that you'd find in lava. There are cold colors like blues and greens you'd find on an iceberg. That's just a very simple color theory. Now, there are six color harmonies that have been created to show you color combinations that will work well together. It's just like a scientific thing um, that these harmonies will work. Now, one of those color harmonies I've mentioned many times on this podcast, it is called complementary color. Right. Complementary color says, take your color wheel, choose any color that you want, and then choose the color on the exact other side of the wheel, and those two colors will work well together. That's just, it doesn't matter what color you pick. Yeah. Choose the opposite. You've got a match. Uh, this is how I did uh, the colors for Talking Back. I chose complementary colors, the blue and the orange. So what makes Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, look so great, color-wise, in my opinion, is that Matthias Lopez decided to use probably the most complicated color harmony there is, which is called tetradic. Now, for tetradic, you choose a color. Then you move two colors to the left or the right on the wheel. Then you also take the opposite of both of those colors for a total of four colors. Now, Deadly Class uses a shitload of color, um, but what sets this book aside, I think, is how well Matthias is blending these colors together in single pages. Oftentimes, Deadly Class, one page might be a full page of yellow, another page might be a full page of blue. Sometimes each panel is a different color, but they're not being blended together in a single image, which is what this guy is doing. And when you're blending colors, you typically want colors that are next to each other on the color wheel so that the blend looks smooth. So blending with Ted Tradic is a nightmare because the colors are so far away from each other. And that's what stood out for me most with this book. It's that these pages, these full pages, sometimes two page spreads are perfectly blended and perfectly positioned with this tetradic color harmony. Wow. Yeah, Tim, that is actually exactly what I was going to say of why I liked the colors. That was that was exactly my point. Um, I was going I was going to make. Um, yeah, no, I, I could see that you you were wanting to say that. You yeah, just, yeah. You, you, I, I jumped in a little bit too quick. I, I right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, Tim. Thank you. That. Thank you for taking me to school there because uh, that's awesome. I love hearing that stuff. I love hearing the color theory. I love when you pull out the wheel. Um, you didn't need the wheel this time. Um, that's awesome. Behind that's me. so cool. If you want to yeah, see I, it? It's I know. Right me. I know. It's just behind you. And that... I can pull it out. <laughs> it's in yeah. my little drawer behind me. Yeah. No, I. I love that. That's. Uh, I love because uh, it's so pleasing. Like the pages, just you turn the page and it's so pleasing. And then you look at it and it's got so much going on. How can it be so pleasing from far and, you know, when you're up close looking at it? So that's awesome to hear that, uh, you know, what's going on, the theory that's going on there. So cool. It makes me want to flip through it again and just like actually pay attention to that type of thing. Yeah, do it. Because um, sometimes he'll have all four colors like blended together in the example of this, this space dragon that we'll obviously touch yeah. on. Uh, there's like the four colors are blended between between the dragon and Supergirl, but then there's other times where he'll use the four colors very um, unblended. It'll be like you'll see space, like the background of space will be one color, the spaceship will be another color, 
and then there'll be like uh like a reflection being cast on the ship from the sun or something that's right. your third color and then there'd be like a tiny little window lit up of the fourth color cool uh, so when you pay attention to that stuff man yeah. this guy was a mad genius when he was coloring this amazing love it all right so getting into the book we meet a young girl named Ruthie and her family living on a planet that's not very advanced. It's under the rule of a king. They're living as farmers. They live in a stone house. Her father gets in an argument with an agent of the king named Krem and is killed. Mm -hmm. Now, Ruthie is devastated. She wants revenge. She goes to a pub, finds the largest guy there is, and offers him the sword that Krem left in her father if he'll kill Krem. The guy says he will, but he'll be taking the sword and going alone. On his way out of the bar, a very drunk Supergirl, who's celebrating her 21st birthday, stops him, gets in a fight with him, and then wakes up the next day very hungover. Ruthie is there and asks if she has any interest in an arrangement that would see her kill Krem in exchange for a sword. So... Very, very fun kind of opening section here. Yeah. Um, some very great moments, especially with Supergirl waking up hungover. She's puking into a bucket. Yeah. This was hilarious stuff. I'm laughing out loud very early in this book. Yes. Uh, so great. So I haven't, you know, I haven't read a lot of Superman. We've talked about that on our, on our Superman comic episodes. Definitely haven't read a lot of Supergirl. Um, so... Already they're playing with sort of the suns that are going on because there's a red sun on this planet. So that's why she can get drunk on the planet. So uh, just very cool, you know, that she she wants to go to a red planet to drink because it's her 21st birthday, you know, so she wants to feel the drinking <laughs> because yeah. she's turning 21. Already just a very cool thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the true grit, you know, it's, it's, it's that, it's the story of, you know, you know, Ruthie wants to avenge her father, but she's a kid. So she needs somebody to go do it. She doesn't have any, she doesn't have any money. You know, they're, they're poor, they're rock farmers. They farm, they plant seeds that turn pebbles into rocks. And so <laughs> they don't, have, you know, they don't have a, they don't have a ton of money. And so she pulls this sword out of her dad and is now offering that as payment to kill this guy. It's just great. You know, I'm totally in, totally on board right away. I have a smile across my face as this thing starts. Not what I was expecting. I was expecting a Supergirl comic from Supergirl's perspective. And it is right now from Ruthie's perspective, some character I have no idea who that is. And... I'm still just drawn right in because of that. You know, I'm okay. Now I'm seeing Supergirl through someone else's eyes. That's very interesting for a character I don't know a lot about. Yeah. The narration of the book is basically Ruthie recounting this tale, which is yeah. interesting because she's written a book about it already and she's kind of like recounting it for us. Yeah. So very interesting. Uh, I love yeah. that Supergirl goes to this planet just to get drunk. To, to feel that. I, I loved so it. So funny. Yeah, it was really, really, really That's fun. Great. Yeah. Now, Supergirl is not interested in this deal. Um, she only wanted some drinks. And she leaves in a boat. Ruthie jumps in the water and swims after her. I loved this immediate determination. Like yep, Ruthie's, for sure. Because Ruthie saw her beat up that guy at the bar the night before. And 
is like infatuated with her. Just like, this is the person that I need to help me. And yeah, just jumps in whatever the ocean and just swims for who knows how long. Yeah. And is able to track down Supergirl back at her ship. And I love this because Ruthie, you mentioned it, they they farm stones. They live in a stone house. Ruthie sees a spaceship that Supergirl has. And my goodness, did this spaceship look incredible. Yeah. Like, along with everything else in this book, I think my favorite thing that Evelie dr- draws is the spaceships. Yeah. I just think they look so gorgeous. But So cool. Ruthie says she can only describe the spaceship as indescribable. Yeah. Great line. Awesome. Ruthie once again asks Supergirl if she's interested in the arrangement. And Supergirl is then shot right through the heart with an arrow. And what do you know? It's this Krem guy. Yeah. Wow. With the guy from the bar the night before that Supergirl beat up. Very convenient timing. Except that she got shot through the heart. Yeah, uh, I, like crypto. The, I like that this guy from the bar hunted down Krem, like found him immediately. And then he's like, we got to go get that girl from the <laughs> yeah. bar who beat me up. <laughs> yeah. And once you dead. Yeah. Yeah. Crypto is with Supergirl and runs at Krem, but Crypto also gets hit with an arrow. Then Supergirl takes two more arrows, Dean. Yeah. But she gets up and says, swords and arrows? Do you think I give a fuck about swords (laughs) and arrows? And she knocks out the dude who's with Krem. Um, And then Krem retreats. He's, He's terrified now. He runs into her ship which was on a countdown to launch. Yeah. And it launches off the planet with Krem inside. Shit. So, wow. Yeah. That was interesting. That's kind of the end of the first issue. And my goodness, was I... I was like Krem. I was on board. Yeah, you were on board, and you and that comic was taking you. It had the I, automatic I, launch I was, was on. I got shot <laughs> into the galaxy with that. You were just going for a ride. Yeah. Again, just a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of stuff that I'm just really into. Um, maybe it's because, you know, he writes these characters I don't know a lot about. Um, and, and this is like, he just writes it, them so well that I care so much about them right away, even though I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about yeah. them. I just care so much about them. And it's like cool Red Sun stuff again, because she's getting shot by arrows and they're actually going into her. So you're like, wait, what ha- can happen? What can happen on a Red Sun planet? Is she really super injured or is she going to be okay? And then she like walks up to them and says, you know, you think I give a fuck about swords and arrows? So you're like, okay, so she's probably going to be fine. But they did penetrate her skin. So she yeah. is hurt. It's yeah, it's just cool stuff. It is cool. Um, she has a potty mouth. She is always yes. swearing. Yes. She definitely has an edge that, you know, we learned she's got an edge. Uh, I, I like that she said that, you know, King is, he's making us like, like these characters. Yeah. But at the same time within the book, he's making like the characters sort of admire each other. For sure. Yeah. That's something that he did really well in this book is have this relationship with these two that starts off with Supergirl not wanting to take part, but they very quickly bond through kind of like negative circumstances and they grow like affectionate with each other. Um, I I would have to say like sisters, they become like sisters and there's like a deep 
love and respect that grows and King is able to like, not only on a level have us kind of like appreciating these characters, but then on another level have the characters appreciating the characters. Yeah. And I think that's because we're through Ruthie's eyes, you know, like the whole book is through her eyes. And so she has this admiration for Supergirl. So we also have it because we are also just reading her explanation of what happened in her explanation of Supergirl. So yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, that does work really well, having yeah. Ruthie, basically Ruthie recounting the story for us. Yeah. So Ruthie and Supergirl travel together for many weeks, and they're traveling on a disgusting transport. They're being attacked at every spaceport by people who hate Superman. I thought that was funny. It's so funny. It's it, not it's... even about Supergirl. It's just like it's Superman, but they hate him. So let's get Super Supergirl, his cousin. Yeah, she she mentions that like, man, so many people hate him. <laughs> so many people hate Clark. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, they encounter this dragon we were talking about before. It's called a Carpane dragon. Yes. Which is a space dragon that eats metal. So they're about to be fucked because they're in a metal ship. Yeah. And this dragon has come. And like the, <laughs> the guy flying it, he's just like, he's given up. He's like, there's yeah. no way out of this. He's like, we're screwed. Supergirl like goes to talk to him. He's like, oh no, we're dead. Don't don't worry about it. You can't do anything. We're dead. Yeah, it's I over. Like that. I like that response from him. He's just like, he's like, there is no out. There yeah. never is an out with a Carpane dragon. Uh, and I mean, Supergirl doesn't have her full power yet, so it might be true. Yeah, that's what makes it really interesting. Is that. You know, she hasn't powered up yet from being on the Red Planet. So, you know, he's like, hey, uh, we're basically dead. Can you do anything about that? Is there anything you can do? And she's like, well, not really. <laughs> no, because I, I can't go out there and fight that dragon because I'm way too yeah low powered right now. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. This this like captain of the ship is really just that he just presenting the dread is just straightforward like that is just really funny. It was funny because he wasn't like dramatic about it. He's just no. like, oh, we're dead. We're dead. We've died. As it's soon over. as that dragon shot up, he's like, oh, we're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. It was almost yeah. like he wanted to just enjoy the last few moments of life he had. Right. He wasn't stressed out or anything. He's just like, no. we're all dead. Yeah. That, that just shit happens. It happens. On sight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that shit happens. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Dead. That's what you never want to see out your window. <laughs> didn't Didn't think I'd ever see it, but there it is. We're screwed. Yeah. Well, Supergirl asks the aliens on the space ferry if anyone's got any reds and to fucking give one up. Now, someone begrudgingly steps up and gives her a red pill, which is basically red kryptonite encased in dissolvable lead. Supergirl says, most people who take it get weird visions about transforming into things. Kryptonians take it and those visions come true. <laughs> so I didn't even know what that meant when I was reading it. No. Like, that sounds really interesting, but I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Uh, and she goes on to say, <laughs> oh, man. She goes on to say, on average, it's safer than being eaten by a dragon. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a risk. So, There's a risk with yeah. this pill. It's, but... Yeah. <laughs> Getting eaten in the by a dragon, it's, it's better chances than that. 
considering the circumstances, yeah. I will eat the red pill. I will take this pill and hope that nothing bad happens. Yeah. Oh, I like that part. It was very good. So she eats the pill. Uh, <laughs> she like asks, like, she asks Ruthie, she's like, did my hair just do something? Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird line. She's like, did you just see my hair do anything? Well, she said, she said, because uh, also it can make your hair grow. Oh, okay. it was like one of the side effects was it can make your hair grow. So she takes it and she's like, did my hair do anything? <laughs> yeah. Then her eyes turn red. Yeah. And holy shit, great splash page, which we alluded to earlier. It's this dragon and Supergirl who is sort of turning into a fiery phoenix. Yeah. Great, great page. Great page. Looks amazing. Love it. Love the space dragon so much. Um, and yeah, I, I love that she, this, she can take this pill to power up. And now, you know, now we're going to have the big fight. Such a cool idea. Uh, now, one of the things I really like about this book is they don't really get lost in the details. Yeah. They just move right past this whole idea of the dragon pretty quick. We don't even really see a fight. They just, they kind of like allude to the fact that, okay, Supergirl took this red pill. She got powered up. You all know she's going to defeat the dragon. Yeah. Let's just move on and not even really show that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this ha- there's lots of that in this book that I really yeah. like. And like one of the, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that like everyone hates you know, like Kal-El, everyone hates Clark. And, uh, and they show one instance of that. And then Ruthie's just like, let me just tell you this happened all the time, but I'll only just, I'll only tell you about one time that it happened where someone came right. up to her and wanted to kill her because they wanted to kill Superman. Um, so I like that, that, you know, you only have to see it once, but they tell us it happened all the time. Yeah. They're often like setting up events that don't end up playing out for very long and then they yeah. just move on. Yeah. And I, I just thought it really helped the flow of the story keep moving. Yeah, for because, sure. Yeah, of course, like I don't need to see Supergirl as a phoenix defeat a dragon. Like obviously that's going to happen. So let's just save those pages and use it for like more interesting things in the story. Yeah. So we move to a, another beautiful page with Ruthie and Supergirl on a very weird alien planet. Uh, this was a very, very interesting part of the book, I thought, where they're on this planet with like these blue aliens. And Supergirl learns there used to also be purple aliens, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to talk about the purple aliens. And beyond that, the blue aliens get very, very upset if you talk too much about the purple aliens. If you, yeah. if you ask too many questions, they get aggressive and upset. So something something is, is definitely going on. Uh, Supergirl and Ruthie are in their hotel, and we see someone try to kill them. We see bullets being shot into the room. Yeah. And, dude, this is one of my favorite pages in this entire book. Yep. Um, for the heart that just is, like, oozing through the page. And it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's not hard to explain what the page is, but it's kind of hard to explain why it works so well. It's just, it's just placed in the right part of the book at the right moment. Yeah. For like the relationship of Supergirl and Ruthie. So these bullets start flying in. Obviously, if Ruthie gets hit, she's dead. So Supergirl quickly kind of like covers her and, and like hugs her so that she won't get hit. And it's three panels on the page. Um, that's the first panel, just Supergirl kind of like shielding her. And then the next two panels are the exact same thing, just zoomed in closer to their faces. Yeah. 
and it's a beautiful color palette of uh, orange, pinks, and yellows. And I just thought it was such a like a, such a heartfelt moment. Yeah. Um, just kind of seeing them like embrace and and the fact that Ruthie's dead if Supergirl wasn't there. And Ruthie actually has the same realization at this moment. Um, she realizes she would be dead here because she was going to take this journey by herself if necessary. And she realized like, oh, the universe is not what I thought. She's used to her little farm. She thought she could just go out and do whatever she wants. She realizes here, oh, no, this is way bigger than me. I, I would have been dead. So like this, this Supergirl has saved my life. Yeah, and what I really love about this part, it's very, this is kind of one of the very poetic parts where she says, she says, uh, this, she says like a planet was destroyed, but because of that, I am now alive because Supergirl's there. You know, Supergirl wouldn't be there for her if Krypton didn't get destroyed. She'd still be there. She'd still be on her own planet. But that planet gets destroyed many, many years ago. Supergirl has to leave it. And then she ends up in the same place as Ruthie because of that. And then ends up saving Ruthie's life because of that. So, you know, it's just, she's just understanding the universe on not just a level of how big it is, but on a level of how it also functions. Just like so many deaths happened, but my life was just saved. That is, you know, that is just how the universe plays out. And uh, yeah, she was just so thankful in that moment. It's these, it's these really like sweet moments that I really love um, in this book between Ruthie and Supergirl. Yeah. Yep. Same. So after that, I mean, Supergirl like rages. She just, she goes off and finds oh, ex- yeah. exactly what's going on. And she learns the truth. And the truth is a group of vicious space pirates came to that planet And what they do is they go planet to planet. They demand money. If you can't pay, they kill everyone. So these aliens, they didn't have enough money to pay. But Krem just happened to be in their jail at the time. And he offered the blue aliens the idea of paying what they could afford and then offering the purples to be killed to satisfy the pirates' bloodlust. Mm-hmm. And then that's what happened. The pirates massacred all the purple aliens, and then the blue aliens just tried to hide the fact that they even existed. Like, yeah. painted over all of their signs, uh, hid hid their names out of books and stuff like that. Um, but Supergirl, like, goes to where the slaughter was, and, like, you see bodies yeah of the dead purples and it's like whoa yeah yikes and it was yeah it was just that extra push from creme for these for these aliens because they they already were like racist towards the purple aliens they'd already sort of segregated them from things they put them in their own like town they weren't even allowed to they, they called it um, purpleville or something they put them in their own little town they did they weren't allowed to come in into their you know all their establishments so it was already right there for them you know they were already they had already separated themselves from them and he just gave them that little push to be like yeah also just kill why don't you just kill them all like you don't you don't even like those um yeah so that was it was devastating this 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 little chapter here was uh kind of devastating yeah so the fallout of that is that Krem actually joins the pirates. Yeah, right. He's one of them. He's a, a filthy murderer himself. And this is like 
great tribe for him to join up with. So, um, one thing that I, I really like about the narration, um, that we kind of get and you, you kind of like see happening more and more as you go through the book is that Ruthie's narrating the story. Uh, but at the same time, at different points, she's giving her commentary on the book as well. So you're getting a couple of levels deep into the story that she's giving. Because again, this is a book that she ended up writing and we're reading it, but it's like she's with us explaining further detail that you wouldn't get just from reading her book. It's an interesting couple of layers going on there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's very smart writing. Yeah. So Supergirl and Ruthie continue after Krem for several more weeks. I love how they're dealing with weeks. It's not just like days. It's weeks and weeks and weeks that they're out in space trying to catch Krem because Supergirl lost her spaceship. Yeah. Uh, They go to different planets. They're picking up the trail from people who've seen the pirates and also because they're finding a trail of massacred planets. Yeah. And we get yet another great page with this castle on top of a mountain. And I'm sure you recall this page, right? Oh, yeah. They were doing something so interesting here that I don't, I don't think I've ever seen before, is that the castle was so high up um, that it was actually in front of one of the other art panels. Oh, yeah, okay. I've never seen that. I've never seen yeah. art. Like, oft, okay, oftentimes you'll get a page and the full page will be on, on like a picture of art and then they'll drop in a few other panels like down the page. Right. But the focus is that the art of that main page and then the other right. panels are kind of secondary. They actually had like the peak of the castle in front of one of the panels. So you only saw half of the, like that art panel because it was right. behind yeah. the mountain. It was a really like weird technique. I thought it was yeah. really interesting. Cool. So monks live in the castle and they were slaughtered by the pirates and Supergirl can't handle it. This peaceful group of monks didn't even fight back. They just got slaughtered and Supergirl says she wanted to scream, but her scream would destroy the castle. So instead she flies right into the sun and you see her like just... I don't know if she was in pain or what was going on, but that was her outlet. That was where she, it's like, I don't know. Some people might scream into a pillow. She flew into the sun. Yeah. Uh, Ruthie had great narration here um, and some very great insight. Sorry. Did you want to say something about Supergirl going into the sun? Just that, well, maybe, maybe give us the insight first because it might have to do with that. She says that she believes Supergirl lived a life of restraint, that she had to hold back her heat vision to look at you in the face. She had to warm her ice-cold breath to converse with you. She had to slow herself to walk by your side, that every day she suppressed the forces inside of her, and Ruthie believed that effort hurt, and that Supergirl lived her life in pain. Yeah, this is such an incredible concept. Uh, this is just like a plus plus writing from Tom King here. This is gorgeous, a gorgeous idea. It's so great. It's so great how he ties her past to what's going on because 
So, like, we're going to get into her actual, you know, past later, a little bit later in the book. But, you know, she's not, she's not Superman. She wasn't a baby and sent off the planet. She's a teenager on the planet on Krypton when it was destroyed. She knows the people that died. She was there when it happened. It's very different than a baby who was sent away and just heard that his planet was destroyed. She feels everything. She feels all that loss. She has to like, she has to push aside all that loss, try to forget about it. And now they're on their journey right now. They're going from planet to planet, trying to track down these pirates. And what the pirates leave in their wake is destroying the planet. So she's going planet to planet where 90% of the life on the planet has been killed by these pirates. And she's just seeing grave after grave being dug. And, you know, people uh, in, in every every species on this on these planets are just getting destroyed. And it is really getting to her and really reminding her of what happened to her, what happened to her on her own home planet. So that's why I love it. I love that she flies into the sun. You know, like that's whether it maybe that hurts you know i don't know just she flies into the sun whatever it is that's how she's coping in this moment to not to be able to sort of handle what she's doing and then carry on with the journey yeah i love that that was her outlet just to fly into yeah. the sun that's all she could do yeah now as if the murder of the monks wasn't bad enough the next place they go ruthie says She's not even going to write about what they witnessed because some tales are too sad to tell. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Very <laughs> Don't even effective. tell us about it. It's that nope. bad. It's so very effective. Here's the thing, Tim. Tom King didn't even have to think up something. He just had to I write know. that and it did the job for it. For seriously. His, for seriously. Him. Sometimes yeah. less is more. This is definitely a case of that. He's just like, yeah. it was so bad. I can't even tell you. And then... Me, I'm like, oh my goodness. I, yeah. Then my mind just starts going, wow, what must what have, was like, it? What did that look like? Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Just like, let, let me paint my own picture, you know? Exactly. It's great. Now, they catch up to Kremdeen. Yeah. And he uses something called a Mordru globe on them. Now, this is a magic globe that can only be attained by killing thousands of people for no reason other than to acquire the globe. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, don't do it. It's a bad idea. It's but horrible. That's so cool. It's a cool idea and also um, really sets up like what this book really does is uh, set up Krem as the worst person in the galaxy. And Oh, uh, totally. I this is another point where it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, he's the fucking worst. He's just the worst. Yeah. You have to kill thousands of people to get it. Yeah. And I'm sorry, spoiler alert, he's got two of them. He's got more than one. <laughs> he's got two of them. That son of a bitch. And, Tim, you can only hold one at a time. So he would have to get rid of one and then kill thousands of more people just to acquire another one. Oh, d is that true? Yeah, because okay. later later on, they're gonna someone like Ruthie's gonna ask Supergirl if she thinks he has one, and she says, "No, you can't hold two at a time. You can only hold one at a time." That's a good point, and he wouldn't have enough. And time he didn't have enough kill, time to kill thousands said. of people. Yeah, nice, nice pickup. So the globe transports Supergirl and Ruthie billions of miles away. Shit! Shit! <laughs> Shit! 
They were trying so hard. He was right there. He to was get right to there. They journeyed for months, Tim. For yeah. months. Months on stinky fucking space buses. Stinky space full buses. Full of weird looking aliens. Yes. Who are trying to sleep on your shoulder when you're riding. Oh, yes. They're getting in your space. They smell. It's the worst. Yep. It's the worst. Ruthie wasn't washing her hands. She didn't know about washing hands. She's what a, great a stone moment farmer. That was. That was great. Yeah. Supergirl taught her how to wash her hands. Yeah. And it was what I loved about it. It was another one of those kindness moments. That's what I loved about it. She said, because she was embarrassed because uh, she didn't know about washing hands. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Supergirl? She's like, have you not washed your hands? We've been on this ship for months. (laughs) (laughs) And she had not washed her hands. And so she just brought her over and she said she approached it as she approached everything with kindness. You know, that could be a time to embarrass her. And she didn't. Anyways, I just loved that part. It was a great moment. So they're sent to a planet that was made to trap Superman. It's a planet with dinosaurs and a green sun of kryptonite. Being on the planet was as close as Superman has ever come to death. Mm-hmm. I like this. Yes. They even made the comment, including Doomsday, Yes, which was a nice touch. He was there for 45 minutes, and it looks like Supergirl... We'll need to wait ten hours before the sun sets. Just great. I, I just I just didn't believe it. I was like, oh, this is she's not gonna stay there for ten hours. Yeah. I'm like, oh something something will get them out of here. Something else will happen. Cool. Superman was there for forty five minutes. Cool, the sun goes down in ten hours. But cool that they're gonna get off before that. Right. Yeah, there's no way they're gonna be there longer than forty five. Maybe they'll be there an hour, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. No. No, we'll just all 10 full hours, ten, full 10 hours, full 10. Yeah. Supergirl is in serious pain. Yeah. She, she can't walk. She's basically just lying on the ground. Ruthie says at times Supergirl would convulse and shout out in misery. At times she'd keep still and whimper. And at times she'd retreat into the calm of unconscious. And during one of the unconscious moments, Dean, a dinosaur comes for them. And holy shit, dude, can uh, Evely draw dinosaurs? No kidding. These dinosaurs look so, so good. Yep. Uh, but the one that comes, it's a, it's a bit bigger than a raptor. And Ruthie uses all of her instincts and her sword and is able to kill the dinosaur and buy them just enough time for the sun to set and Supergirl's power to return. So, uh, you know, just maybe talk for a second about seeing Ruthie here, who's kind of been, you know, just a tag-along character, needing help from everybody else, and now has this moment where it's life or death. Supergirl can't help her, and beyond that, She's responsible for Supergirl's life, and she kind of, like, steps up and handles business. Yeah, Ruthie is a kid, and a kid we've never, you know, met before. We don't know anything about her. All we know about Ruthie is what she tells us in this book. They do a really good job of, you know, Tom King does a really good job of setting up, you know, some of her history for us while she's telling stories. We get a little taste of what her life was like. Um, Definitely, she never had to handle anything like this, and we know it coming up to this point. We know so much about Ruthie. 
that we know that this she can't like she she's in danger here she probably can't handle this this is going to be a big problem and she gets her huge heroic moment like this is so good i'm so invested in ruthie at this point in the story that i'm so happy i'm rooting for her so hard to just get defeat this dinosaur you know just save them save supergirl she's been saved by Supergirl so many times now that she gets the opportunity, she gets the chance, and she's able to use just like some of the things she, you know, picked up, just kind of her survival skills. She's able to defeat the dinosaur, you know, not easily, not handily, but like kind of on, not not on accident, but, you know, kind of just trying to survive is able to make it out of there and kill the dinosaur. And it's just such a great moment, such a hero moment for her. I'm so excited. I'm so excited at this part, part that she was able to save Supergirl. She did it. Without her there, Supergirl was dead. Um, it's, yeah. just, it's just excellent for the character. Yeah, coming back and talking about it now, like I, I only read the book one time. I was, you know, didn't, you know, I, I, I don't normally read the comics more than once, but... Uh, this coming back to it is a bigger moment I'm realizing now than I first thought in the book right. because this really does set up the ending uh, or, you know, or close to the ending a lot better yeah. than um, not considering this moment. And the first time I read the book, I forgot to consider this moment when we get near the end. Uh, and this moment is a good supporting moment to help the end just For work sure. a little bit better. So yep. I do like that. As soon as the sun sets, Supergirl is back in power. She's good to go. Quickly finds Krem again. <laughs> right no away. More, there's no more fucking around. She's just no. like she's on him. Yeah. But as we mentioned, he has another globe. He throws it at her. He says it's magic and no one can outrun it. Supergirl takes off and jumps on her horse Comet and says to the end of the universe and a little bit farther, fast as your feet will take you. This was a very cool issue. Uh, the issue is jumping back and forth between Supergirl and Comet racing through the universe, trying to outrun this globe. Um, they even have a, a full two-page spread at one point, which was yeah. just incredible. But it jumps between that and Supergirl on her planet as a teenager after her planet was destroyed. So this is where we start to get her kind of origin story. It comes a little bit later in the book here. But very, very interesting origin story because... Uh, Supergirl's experience of the destruction of Krypton, you know, you alluded to it a little bit before, very different than Superman, because during the destruction of Krypton, a chunk of the planet was blown off, but a city remained intact on that chunk, and 18,000 people who lived there tried to survive. And obviously Supergirl was on that. She was in that city. They were trying to live after the planet exploded, but after time... The rock collected radiation from the sun and started poisoning the people. So Supergirl had to watch her mother get sick and die, as well as 13,000 others. And Supergirl continued on for a year, trying not to get close to anyone. But a meteor shower starts breaking through their shield and... 
it's now only a matter of time before everyone's going to die. So like she's 14. Um, I don't think the book did a great job of explaining like how old she was when it broke off. Can you recall? Was she a, She's a I think she was. Yeah, o- I don't know the exact. She was only age. on it for like a year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so she yeah, so it, it breaks off. She lives on it for like a year or something like that, um, but just watches all these people die, and it's just like yeah. a, a horrible situation. She makes a comment of like staying away from people because anyone yeah. she got close to would just die. So she kind of like became a loner, yeah. which I think is an important part for her character. Um, you know, and which is why she doesn't really want to get involved with Ruthie in this book. She just like wants, yeah. she wants to be alone. Maybe, maybe she feels like people who get close to her will die and she doesn't want to get involved in that. But, um, Supergirl's father is able to create a ship to carry a single passenger and it's her and she flies off the planet when everybody else dies. So, very dark origin for her, full yeah. of tragedy. Yeah, it's absolutely devastating. Like, she watches everyone she knows die in stages. Like, not even just all at once, but she gets it on Krypton. She's there on Krypton when it's first, you know, starting to be destroyed. Then her piece of planet breaks off, so she's in there. And, that you know, you, you think you have a chance with the people that are there. But then the radiation is killing you, so you put in a layer of lead to stop it, to stop the radiation. It works for a bit. Then the asteroids come and destroy it, and then the rest of the people die. Like, there's so many stages to her losing everybody. It's it's so horrible. It's so devastating. So you get a little bit, well, you get a lot more of what's going on, you know, in, in Supergirl's head in this book. And, you know, it's it's quite amazing, you know, just how positive and how nice she is to everybody um you know she's got that edge she's got some anger she swears she drinks you know obviously she's got you know she's got a little bit of more edginess to her than you would expect but uh then you get this story and you're like oh she's doing great (laughs) compared to like where she could be after this after after her origin here yeah i mean she just can't help but help people yeah she she realizes people in need and and she has empathy um and, and, you know, you would learn empathy after watching all those people die. That's probably the biggest thing yeah. you'd take out of that situation is empathy. I mean, and probably, like, sadness, which she also carries with her. But, yeah, it was um, it was really cool to see that as her origin and, like, that's what she had to deal with. Yeah. Um, it, it, really, it really fit well to see that kind of you know further on in the book to kind of like support what we've seen out of her yeah um they could have done this near the beginning and it wouldn't have worked quite as well yes i I like the timing that they chose to put this into the book to kind of like it is getting closer to the end and this is where they explain why supergirl is the way she is yeah and you have ruthie who's like Basically, her she's a child, and her father was killed, so her world was, you know, destroyed, and she wants vengeance. And then you have Supergirl, whose, you know, actual whole planet was destroyed, everyone she knew was destroyed, and she's just out there, like, being so kind to everyone and helping everyone out. They're going planet to planet where destruction has happened, and all she can do is help. Like, I like what Ruthie sets it up a lot in 
when we get to a new planet, she's like, oh, yeah, this is the planet that they now call this, you know, and it's something to do with Supergirl because she helped them out. You know, it's like it's really cool that like you might before you knew it as this planet, it was like something else. But now, you know, they've named this beach after her or whatever, you know, so there's just like you know she's making an impact they they spend time with her on these planets helping people out so you just know what such like such a good person that she is you can just really get it out of these pages yeah and they also do a good job of countering that with the pirates and yeah. showing how much like how much evil there is out there and how much massacre yeah. there is and how little supergirl can even make a difference yeah but that doesn't stop her right that doesn't stop her from trying or doing the right thing yeah. Um, she could easily just like, whatever, fuck, fuck this. I, there's, it's, it's an impossible thing, you know, for me to, to do that. I can't stop all this. This is like, deaths are going to happen. People are going to yeah. get killed. I can't save everyone. Why am I even trying? What's the point? But that's not her outlook. She's just, she wants to help in whatever capacity she can. And that, I mean, that much shows with just her, you know, deciding to help Ruthie here just yeah. in general in this entire book, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point with the pirates that it's like it's uh it's sort of chaos. It's it's like evil, but it's chaotic, you know, like there's no rhyme or reason to what they do. They just go planet to planet and kill everyone. So there's there's you didn't do anything wrong and you could just your whole planet could be killed. And like the book kind of focuses on um like the universe sort of dishing out, you know, evil tragedy with just sort of that's how it works. Like there's it's it's just chaos you know there's no control over it you can be good all your life and then you could die so it's like something that ruthie's struggling to grab a hold of because her father was killed you know so she's she wants that vengeance because maybe that'll make it right but you know it's it's sort of the book is setting up that like it can just happen you know it's just like the the universe is unpredictable yeah and it's big enough that all sorts of things will happen right yeah, like just every, everything is going to happen. It's so yeah. it's so huge. Good and bad. Yeah. But what you, how how what what part can you play being so tiny? Yeah. Right? They even make they they make uh, this line a couple times in the book. I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but Supergirl says something about like we're too small and everything is too big. Yeah. Um. You know, it's like what do, what can you do? What even as a Supergirl, what can you do? It's just yeah. there's too much. There it's too big. But she won't stop. Yeah. Now, as Supergirl and Comet race across the rainbow-colored universe, she finally gets to where she was going, and all of the color is gone, and the book is now in black and white. Cool. This is the best. It is the best. Dude, we've we've been working with, with tetradic color harmonies yeah. this whole book, and now they wipe out all the color. I'm such a huge fan of this technique yeah. of just going to black and white. Uh, <laughs> Supergirl says magic works there, but not in here. And she pops the globe like a bubble. Awesome. Amazing. Um, this reminded me of the Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Did you play oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that moment where uh, you're out in the middle of the ocean and your boat starts sinking. I mean, if you've seen Wind Waker, the colors are beautiful. It's just oh, yeah. so it's such a vibrant world. You're in a boat, you sink to the bottom of the ocean, and then all of a sudden you wake up and your boat is like on water again, and it's the Hyrule Castle, I think, and everything is in black and white except yeah. your character of Link. 
everything is in black and white. This is one of my most favorite video game moments of all time. Going through this Hyrule castle that has supposedly been like, um, like flooded over for however many hundreds of years and you're down there and my goodness, just the contrast of black and white with your little like character of link running around as green. Yeah. Just so great. It's just the best, but that's, that's exactly what this took me back to yeah. having seen all these vibrant colors. And now you just get black and white for a couple pages. Great call. Fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved the entire chase. It was just like, oh, like man, you're saying, the, the colors were so, so amazing. Yeah. So great through the whole chase. So amazing. And then you get this black and white page. Great. Like her horse is called Comet. Like picture yeah. a Comet, like just blasting through the universe. Yeah. In like just this beautiful celestial, like, I don't know collection of colors and mm -hmm. other things like what might happen if a comet raced through the universe and past nebulas and you know stars and was being chased by a magic fucking globe it was so great it was so great so awesome so supergirl has gotten rid of the globe so we see her immediately get back to cram once again yeah <laughs> they capture him and are waiting for him to give up what type of poison he used on Crypto so they can save him. Krem is tied to a tree on a beach with Ruthie and Comet, and Supergirl has left them there so they'll be safe as she goes to fight the pirates. Supergirl engages the pirates, and the gunfire from their ship seems to be very effective on her, and right. she gets blown back towards a planet. I wasn't really expecting this. Yeah. But as she's falling towards the planet and through the atmosphere, she's being warmed by the heat. I thought that was neat. Neat touch. Yeah. And she remembers back to a time when her father shared a secret with her, which was, in her words, a rare occurrence. And she says to herself as she's falling through the atmosphere, it's fine if she dies, but it's not fine for that secret to die. So she'll keep fighting. And she snaps out of it. And as the ship is reloading, she smashes through it. She goes on to fight hundreds of battle-forged warriors from every corner of the universe. And she loses. Because they have a bit of kryptonite and are able to chain her down. Yeah. And uh, that was a surprise. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And things are looking very bad until Comet comes to help. Yeah. So with Comet gone from the beach, Ruthie is alone with Krem. And Krem is not very apologetic for what he did to her father. No. Uh, in he... fact, he's doubling down into yes. it. He's a fucking asshole. He's tied to a tree. He could be murdered right now. And he's just doubling down about how how horrible her father was and how great he was. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I liked the story that he told. It was a very interesting story. It was. Yeah, it was. He, I mean, I'll, I'll do it really quick, but he basically said he's an agent of the king. He's supposed to go around from like, um, you know, person to person and see what their true loyalty is to the king. So anybody yeah. who talks bad about the king, he's supposed to kill them. 
because they're not like part of they're going to be a problem. Yeah. So he goes to to Ruthie's house, talks to to the father, and he starts bad mouthing the king. And what does Ruthie's father do? He lights Krem up. He says, like, what are you talking about? The king is great. Like, how dare you badmouth the king in my house? How yeah. dare you? And Krem kills him for, like, almost in a way, I feel like embarrassing Krem. Yeah, he was offended. For, like, yeah. for being so, like, <laughs> maybe even more loving of the king than Krem is. Yeah. And Krem, like, it seems like he didn't even realize what he did. He's like, and kind of like when everything... Or, like, after the father was done saying what he said, I looked down and my sword was in his stomach. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was just, like, he does just doesn't like people yelling at him. Yeah. I think he, but, yeah, I think he was embarrassed. I was thinking he was just because, like, he, because the father, like you said, lit him up. Like, he's just, like, yeah, embarrassed him. He kicked him off his land. He doesn't want him to be, like, work with him anymore. So he's just had killed him during that. It was weird. <laughs> it's weird. I know. I had to read it again because I'm like, wait, I Same. thought... I thought he said the thing that he's supposed to say, though. So why did you kill him? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it was very strange. But that is it. He kind of like blackout killed him, I think, just because he was being attacked, basically. Like he was being embarrassed, I think. Yeah. yeah. So Ruthie decides she can't kill Krem tied to a tree. So she lets him go. And she puts her sword in the sand she stands back and offers Krem a fair fight. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. I was very worried for her. Yeah, very. Uh, this is where the dinosaur fight, though, comes so. into play yeah. for me and works a bit better now. Yeah. Because Krem dives at the sword, a move that Ruthie had anticipated, and she kicks him in the face repeatedly. Then she bites his arm until he drops the sword. Then she cuts off his fingers as he comes at her. And Ruthie is ready to go in for the death blow. She swings her sword and misses. She tries again and again, but can't bring herself to kill him. Yeah. Interesting, because uh, obviously this is the path she's on. This is where she wants to be. She's got him. He's done. He's on his knees. It's kill, it's kill time. And uh, she can't do it. This is the time to do it. Yeah, but no. Supergirl comes down from the sky holding Comet, who's now in human form and severely wounded. This is another beautiful picture. There's like, she's kind of floating down holding this like blonde haired dude who was Comet. Uh, Her red cape is like wrapped around her and wrapped around him. And then they're both covered in red blood. Looks awesome. Ooh, man. Yeah. Really... Powerful, powerful piece of art. Yeah. Now, he was a man apparently cursed in the body of a horse. Yeah. That's his explanation. Supergirl says the pirates took a beating and ran, and she'll follow them later. She says Crypto's going to be fine, and that she made that story up about the poison. So it's okay to kill Krem now. They don't need the antidote from him. Yeah. So Supergirl picks up the sword and says she brought Ruthie in hopes Ruthie would learn that killing wasn't the way, but Ruthie didn't learn. And Supergirl is about to kill Krem. And I do think that she was about to kill him here. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. But Ruthie screams out that she did learn 
And she goes back to recount all the times on their journey where Supergirl's compassion and strength helped her understand. This is a great moment because they do flash back in the art and the text to all these moments that affected Ruthie so deeply. And Ruthie grabs for Supergirl's hand, lowers the sword, and says, enough killing's been done. Then we cut to an old woman sitting in front of her home in a field. It's early in the morning. The sun is yet to rise. It's Ruthie. She's back at her home. She's now very old. We see Supergirl come down with Crypto. Supergirl says that she liked her book. And Supergirl pulls out a small frame with creme on it. And this is actually creme stuck in the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. Supergirl says he's been there for 300 years. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long sentence. It's a long time. He's now a changed man. And she releases him. A extremely old and very sorry Krem is there now. He begs Ruthie for forgiveness. And we get a final page, which is very interesting. Basically, the narration we're reading is the text at the end of Ruthie's book. Right. But the text isn't what we're seeing on the page. The art no. does not match up to the text. So this entire book that we've read, the narration has matched with the art that we're seeing. But here it diverges, and the narration places us back on the beach when Ruthie stopped Supergirl from killing Krem. The narration we're reading now, which is the text that was written in her book, says that on that beach, Supergirl did kill Krem. But the art that we see on the final page is of right after Krem asks Ruthie for forgiveness, and we see Ruthie kill him. And that's how the book ends. I would... Okay, so a couple things. Um, first, deal with uh, the Supergirl part. So at the beginning of the comic, at the beginning of Ruthie's book, she said that Supergirl kills Krem. She says that right at the beginning. She says, I didn't get to kill him, though. It was Supergirl. So we're yep. going through this whole book being like, how are we going to get to that moment? So then in the book, she does write. That's what we're reading in the final pages of the book. She does write that Supergirl killed Krem. And that's because um, it protects it protects Ruthie uh, because we uh, Krem told us that those pirates basically are extremely loyal. And so if you have their prisoner, they will go to the ends of the earth to get him back. And that's what they were doing. That's what that's why the fights w was happening. If he's dead, they, they, they're not going to. They don't need to get him back. He's dead. So she wrote in her book that he's dead so that those pirates wouldn't come back to get them. So I like that. Uh, the second thing, I don't think my take, I don't think she kills him. I think she just is hitting him with her cane. Um, which is what she hits him with. And she's like her walking cane. I think it's just sort of him being like, please forgive me. And her basically hitting him in the face and walking away being like, no, like obviously we, will, we let you live, but that doesn't mean I forgive you. Like you still ended so many worlds. You still ended my father's life. I'm not your friend. I don't forgive you. Smacks him with the cane and walks away. I think he's still alive lying there on the ground. Um, but that's, you know, that's sort of the, yeah, sure, you can do the right thing, but it doesn't mean you need to forgive the person that's absolutely wronged you. I disagree. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think she killed him. Okay. Um, he's like 350 years old. He's so no, fucking yeah. old. He he yeah. could have fallen down and died. Um, Maybe, so yes. She, she cracks yeah. him in the head with a cane. You see blood come out, and he falls yeah. down. That would surely be enough. But um, beyond that, what really does it for me is the text written by Tom King. Okay. Where as Supergirl comes down to the planet with Ruthie and she she's like they're being they're being subtle about what they're talking about because we don't yet know what's happening but she's like where do you she's like do you do you have it or, or like Supergirl says I have it or something like yeah. that and she's like where do you want to do it and she says let's do it over here back where it all began and they walk over to the exact place where Krem killed her father and yeah she says something about this being the place for it to happen to kind of like wrap everything up. And I believe she killed Krem in the exact spot where Krem killed her father. Sure. Yeah. I, I can, I can buy that. I, it's that dialogue in the book that does it yeah. for me, because why would you, why would you want to take it back to the exact spot? It happened just to give him a little bonk on the head and be like, okay, I forgive you. No, she wanted like, she, she wanted that. I also think the book needs it. I need Krem dead in this book. I'm okay if they kill him on the beach. It gets a bit weird for me that they don't kill him on the beach. So when they come all the way to this, I think, oh, they imprisoned him for 300 years, then killed him. I get it that it's a bit harsh, but it's not Supergirl who did it. Ruthie is the one who kills him in the end. So Supergirl is still kind of like, she's not as tarnished as it would have been if, if she killed Krem herself. Yeah. So I, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with the fact that Krem does get killed here. If not, this book drops down in my opinion. Oh, I think you, ha okay. you have to kill Krem in this book. Yeah. For me, it dropped for me. I guess I read it my way. Cause it drops down that way. If she, if she kills him, just cause the whole journey was to teach her that he didn't need to die. That like, that like the universe is, you know, can just, can deal you a shitty hand. Um, but that doesn't mean you need to go out and, you know, take it into your own hands. I like, I feel like she, when she says she did learn, then her to actually end up killing him in the end is weird. Did she learn? Did she learn anything? And that seems to be the journey that Supergirl wants to take her on is that journey to learn. So I don't know. I, 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 it's fine that it's, I, I get, I get your way for sure, because that is the way I thought it was going to go while they were talking leading up to it. So when they were going there, I thought they were just taking him there to kill him. But then when she said he was in the phantom zone and he'd done his time and he'd sort of been, you know, turned his life around, then I was like, I don't know if they're just going to kill this guy who's, you know, actually sorry in this moment. Why wouldn't they have killed him on the beach when he was a horrible person? Why are they killing him, you know, now when he's okay? Um, so that's why I was just like, okay, I think she just knocked him in the face and, and walked away. Um, but I, I, he could be dead for sure. Yeah. I mean, why would you knock him in the face? Why wouldn't you just say, I accept your apology? Like, cool. We're okay. Cause she now. doesn't accept his apology. She's no, she's like, fuck you. No, I don't accept your apology. Yeah. So but she, 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 cracks I mean, she whacks him in the head and we see blood fly out. Like why? I know. That's, that's his, elbow, his elbows up. His elbows it's, up at the it's end. Too, it's too aggressive for, yeah. for like, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to whack a 350 year old guy in the head with my cane as like, oh, it's OK. Ha ha ha. I guess I'll hit you one and then you get, you're free to go. But it's not uh, OK. Like, she's not saying it's OK that she, she's just not killing like she's not intentionally killing him. She's, you know, smoking him in the face. OK, if you smoked a guy in the face, 
that looked like him at his age, I you mean, would have yeah, to he's... think 100% that blunt force trauma would very easily kill a person like that. He's 330 years old. I don't understand how his body works. I don't understand his species. And I, I get that too. So, so like, <laughs> as he looks in the book, he looks I know, like he's he looks probably 95 years old, maybe 100. <laughs> yeah. You cannot hit someone in the head at that age. Yeah. There's a great chance they'll die. So I think the just her effort of doing that is, and and I think this is also Tom King leaving it a bit open. Yeah, leaving it a bit open ended. I think it which, works both ways. I, I get it. It's like let us determine for ourselves what we want, uh, and that's fine. You know, I I think I think what what happens here is we're both happy with the end of this book because you're that's looking at it one way. Yeah. I'm looking at it the other. If it was definitively my way, you wouldn't be as happy. If it was definitively your way, I wouldn't be as happy. So maybe yeah. leaving it open-ended is the best way to please everyone. Yeah, exactly. We're both happy. Um, so there you go. It's <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect ending. If it ended, if it ends the hit with him dying, with him dying, I just need to think about it a little more because I don't quite get it then. Um, but if it, like if it ends with what I think, then I I get you know I get what I think the ending is. So I think well, that's just why it is. Here it is, dude. It's for all of the planets and the hundreds of thousands of people that they massacred, he's got to pay for that. And he paid no, I, I in know. the biggest way. He he spent 300 years in rehabilitation and was then killed. So when they don't kill him on the beach, I like it even better because they make him go through 300 years in the Phantom Zone before they kill him. Yeah. They double down hard on punishing him for his yeah. war crimes. Okay, yeah, I, I I get that. That's now. kind of where I I'm at that. with it. Yeah, he no, did no, no, such I like that. shitty I like things. That. Him and yeah. the pirates did such th- shitty things in the book. They killed so many innocent people that nothing is enough to you know redeem yourself from that. Is kind of like what I got. But yeah, no, I'm I like glad that, that it wasn't suffer. Supergirl who did it. Right, it was Ruthie. Yeah, no, I don't I don't care like whose hand it's by because it seemed like it was the just the lesson of the two. You know, like that Supergirl was trying to teach Ruthie. But I like that. I like that. Put him through the ultimate, you know, do your time, 300 years of time, and then we'll kill you. Um, it works a little better. It works a little better as sort of like, for me, for the uh, the ultimate um, punishment for him. Not just to kill him in the in the moment when he's still... Not kill him in the moment where he's still doubling down on his shit and still happy with everything he does. Get him to the point where he regrets everything he did, and then he can die. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he okay. was going to die in five minutes anyways. He was so old. Well, I know. That's that's why it's all so weird. But yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm with it. You got me. You got me there. You got me there. Well, I, I'm not trying to get you. We can both have our opinions of it. But no, no, no. I just, know. That's but just like, my take on it. Yeah. And I and I like I, I like to appreciate it. You know, I, I want to understand why that works so well for you. And I get it now because I wasn't really thinking of just the ultimate, like, spend 300 years in jail, get you to the point where you regret it because you need to get to that point where you regret it. If you killed him when he was on the beach, he would never have regretted anything. He would just. Yeah, exactly. he would have loved what he did. He would love all the all the things, all the horrible things he did. But you got him to a point where you regretted it. And then you got your vengeance. Because he still did those fucking things. <laughs> they made a point of making him and the pirates so shitty in this book. They oh, killed they're the worst. so many countless Absolute innocent worst, yeah. people yeah. that I'm, I I needed it. I needed him to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what I liked is that I did like Supergirl almost getting to that point because yeah. I find it very, I find it very 
kind of boring in stories with Superman where it's like he either kills someone and it's the biggest deal ever or he doesn't because and it's like, oh, well, he wasn't going to anyways. You needed this horrible person. You need to build this story, this horrible person, and then give us the backstory of Supergirl and then give us all these planets she's going to where similar things are happening to what happened to her where she just gets to a point where she's like, let's fucking kill this guy. And so I, I actually felt it you know i got to that point it was meaningful instead of like a superman story where i'm like well i don't know either is gonna kill him or he isn't and i don't care um so this got me there it got me to the meaningful point where i was like this could go either way yeah i mean superman got there in the doomsday arc right superman's not someone who's ever gonna kill somebody but because of the path of destruction that doomsday put in front of him superman realized the only way i can stop this is by killing him and i have to kill him yeah uh great book though very fun awesome. read. yeah we Incredible. left a bunch of stuff out so so know. much it's so it's actually very long <laughs> like it's eight issues and, and there's, there's a lot of so text. much so much text and the art's beautiful so and you have art. to take your time like so yeah. you're reading so much text but you're also stopping on those pages a page will take you so many minutes because you're just Dude. looking at the art reading the words understanding everything putting it all together it's great it took me a long time it took me yeah close to an hour per issue just to I, soak soak same. everything in. Yeah. So it was a long read. Yeah. But man, I can't wait to do it again. You know, I'm gonna give it a bit of a break so I kind of forget some of the stuff. But man, totally worth it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Awesome. All right, everybody out there, if you'd like to help support talking back, and we would very much appreciate that. Uh, please consider telling your friends about us. Let them know about an episode you like, share that with them. You can also rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can leave us a one-time donation on buymeacoffee.com slash talking back, or you can sign up to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes over on patreon.com slash talking back podcast. And now that this episode is over, don't worry, head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. Dean, thank you for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Mm